When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. All right. Doug is on vacation. Costa Rica. Really excited to have the one and only Mrs. Know-it-all. Denise Schreiber is here. She's going to be taking your telephone calls. And all I know is last time she joined us for the full hour, the phones never stopped ringing. So let me just give you uh, some words of advice. If you have a gardening question of any type, from the seed catalog to getting through this icy weather, you name it, we can handle it. Call us, 866-391-1020. And especially for beginners in the world of gardening, we always like to talk to you as well, too. And don't forget, DougOster.com, a great resource to stay in touch with Doug throughout the week. He'll be back with us next week. We'll take the 10th caller right now at 412-922-1020 to win a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. Denise, it's great to have you here. Listen, up first before you get into all sorts of good stuff I'm sure you have planned, this icy weather that we've had, damage to shrubs and bushes, do you just kind of let Mother Nature run its course and thaw things out, or are there some incidents where you have to jump in and take uh, matters into your own hands? Good morning. Uh, well, okay. So, actually, I saw in the news last night somebody had sent in a picture of one of their trees and they were up in the Cranberry area, so they got a little more ice than I did. And this tree literally did a three-way split, and the top of the tree was touching the ground just about. And when they're covered with ice like that, you really can't do anything about it. You just have to let – we're supposed to have some warmer temperatures this week, fortunately – and the ice will melt off of that pretty quick. Now, the tree may still – do that split, uh, kind of a banana split, and because it's three. And so what I would do is gently start to maybe prop that tree back up. You know, if you can, you know, get some long pieces of wood and just cover it with uh, some old hose so you don't scratch the bark on it and kind of push it up uh, every day. And hopefully after a couple of months, it will actually stay in that position. If it's a really large tree, I would call in someone like Davy Tree and have them come in and see if they can not necessarily cable it, but perhaps support it in some other way. You know, it, it's been a tough year. I'm done. I'm, re- I'm ready to head south. <laughs> well, listen, you know, one of the things that I have learned doing this show this stuff is really hardy. It can really take a licking and keep on ticking. And Mother Nature figured it out long ago. So people just need not to panic, and pretty much everything will fall into place. Listen, if you have a couple of things on your mind, go ahead. But you're already getting phone calls. Anything you want to talk about to begin? Well, I was actually going to talk about, you know, we're coming up to the season, spring, that we should actually start transplanting our house plants and fertilizing them. So what I like to do is kind of go around, make my collection. I have a lot of little succulents 
that have really said, you know, we really need to leave this pot now and go into something bigger. So uh, I've already got a bag of cactus mix ready. And come March 1st, because March through September is the time that you take care of houseplants, you know, when you start actively feeding them, transplanting them, you know, because that's when the light is getting longer during the day for them. And then after September, they just sort of go into kind of suspended animation, so to speak. They're really not going to put on growth. That's different for like some of the Christmas bulbs we get. But for houseplants, they're kind of done for the season. They did their job. So you want to start inspecting these plants to see, you know, take them out of their pots, see if the roots are wrapped around. And if they are, then it's time to transplant it into a slightly larger pot. Usually we recommend going an inch or two more, not any larger. You don't go from a little five-inch pot to a, a hanging basket. No, you don't do that because the plant will then struggle. You also want to look for um, any little visitors that might be on your house plants, you know, especially if you've had the heat on, it's dry. That's kind of ideal conditions for spider mites. So you want to make sure they're that. And if not, just take a damp rag, If depending on the leaf, actually just kind of wipe it off, get the dust off of it. That actually helps the plant uh, make more photosynthesis, and that'll help their growth as well. Um, for other house plants, you know, a simple potting mix, do not use garden soil. I don't know why people insist upon doing that. But also, you know, you can, you know, transplant them, put them into bigger pots, um, I like to take the plastic pots, the nursery pots as we call them, and leave my plants in them or, or transplant them into that and then transplant it into a decorative pot. So just take that black or green pot and put it into a newer pot. And then that way if you need some maintenance on it before the season again, you can take it out and, and take care of that. Always a drainage oil. Plants can't do the pack stroke. It's as simple as that. <laughs> hey, I just saw on Davy Tree's uh, social media post on Facebook, they were talking, uh, uh, Robert uh, Sparks, who's an arborist for them, about dormant pruning. Just talk about that real quickly, then we'll break and get to these phone calls. Okay. Actually, I just had Davy out here. They pruned my magnolia for me. Now, A, it required them climbing into it, uh, which is why I wasn't doing it. But um, this is the time when the sap isn't running in the trees because if you start pruning trees and maples, you know, we tap maples for the syrup. So we're coming up on that season. So if you have a maple and you need any pruning on it, and I like winter because then you can look at the framework of the tree. You can see the water sprout or you can see a cross branch or you can see from this winter, obviously, any broken branches and you can prune them without having the sap run all over the trunk and it becomes very unsightly. Also, what happens is you uh, can see if there's any diseases that may have happened. You know, what people don't always see um, because the trees are covered with leaves is something like scale. Um, magnolia scale is a good example because it's white and it's these white lumps all along the branches. So now is a really good time to see it and you can actually uh, treat them Right now with a um, horticultural oil, that will help kill it. 
And if it's a bigger tree, then you want to have somebody come in and actually treat the tree for you. They'll do either a uh, trunk injection or they'll do a soil injection. And that takes a few while, a few weeks for it to get all the way up into the tree, but it'll take care of your problem for you. All right, listen, here's the deal, folks. We only have a couple of lines available. They're filling up quickly for Mrs. Noel, Denise Schreiber, who's in for the vacationing Doug Oster today on the Organic Gardener. So if you have a gardening question, whatever it may be, A to Z, give us a call, 866-391-1020. Yeah, Doug on vacation, Costa Rica. It's Mrs. Know-It-All, Denise Schreiber, and lots of folks want to talk to her. So let's say hello to Karen and Beaver. Karen, you're on KDK. How are you? Hello, I'm fine. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. I have two questions. The first is I would like to know if the Pennsylvania Gardener is still available. And my second question has to do with my cactus, which a lot of people call them a Christmas cactus, but mine always bloom at Thanksgiving, and it's gorgeous. But I get additional blooms that are setting on now. Every year this happens, and then they shrivel up and, and die out, and they don't blossom. I'm wondering if you can give me some help on that. Okay. So the first question, Pennsylvania Gardener is no longer in business. That was state-by-state publishing, and they shut down operations a few years ago, which broke my heart and a number of friends because we all wrote for the magazine, and we just loved working for them. So, you know, that went the way of the world. Uh, your second question about your Christmas cactus, they, there's Easter cactus, Thanksgiving cactus, and there's uh, Christmas cactus. But we just generally call it the Christmas cactus because that's what we've always known it by. So I'm glad your set blooms every year. Now, you said your blossoms are dropping off before they're fully formed. Look at your watering. You may need to water it a little bit more. Once they're, if they're forming blossoms, you want to wa- give it some water. Typically, we leave them a little bit on the dry side until they start um, pushing out their blooms. So try doing that. Just give them a little more regular watering to see if that helps. Be either that, or it could be if it's not in the same place that you always had it year round. You know, maybe there is a heat vent or uh, I'm pretty sure you're not using your air conditioning right now. Uh, See if maybe that's drying it out. Okay, thank you very much. Then, um, yeah, I tend to go lean with water at this time of year, so maybe that's it. Maybe I just need to water more. So I appreciate Yeah, you don't need to brown it. You just need to, you know, give it the watering that you would always normally give it. All right, thank you. Hey, you're welcome. All right, Karen, thank you. Hey, John, you're on KDK out in Bethel Park. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Good morning, Denise. Good morning, John. I'm glad to have you on the show. Yeah, you. Uh, I had a wonderful class with you. If you. Uh, oh, I know exactly who you are on Sunday. Right. Yeah, it was wonderful. So, hey, I got a question about um, my viburnum and Annabelle hydrangeas. I planted them back, I think, in too much shade. Uh, they were good-sized plants, and they the plants have grown beautifully, but no flowers. So I'm thinking about moving them. I want to put them on the east side of uh, of my house where they'll get morning sun uh, for probably three hours or so until the sun gets over the top of the house. Will they do okay with that amount of sun? Um, as long as there's no, nothing blocking it, like shade from your neighbor's house or a neighbor's tree, you know, they, they really like more sun than that. Typically to flower... Uh, viburnums require at least 
five to six hours a day for blooms. Uh-huh. I don't know which one you have. And um, Annabelle actually uh, likes yeah. some, and Annabelle actually likes more sun than that. You know, there are some hydrangeas that prefer to really kind of be on the dark side, so to speak. But most of them prefer at least morning light, which you might be okay with Annabelle there. And if you're not getting any blossoms, the one thing about Annabelle is if the flowers get nipped, you know, the, like the deer and the mm-hmm. squirrels, especially this time of year, the squirrels will be eating the buds for food. Ah. They, they may have eaten it. But Annabelle blooms on new wood. So even okay. if they're, you know, getting eaten during the winter, they should pull out new blooms. Uh, I'm thinking okay. that probably your sunlight's your issue. Okay. Thank you very okay. much. All right, John, thank you. Hey, Michelle, you're on KDKA. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Hi, Denise. Um, Hi. I hear you on the radio. Uh, I have a question. I've overwintered for the first time elephant ears, colocasia, and geranium, just a few of each. And I'm they're in a box without any soil or anything. They're still hard. They're still firm. They're not rotted. But when do I bring them out, and what do I do as far as putting them in soil and bringing them back to life? Well, um, for your colocasia, Actually, you know, it's good that it's still hard. I hope that you're keeping it from an area that freezes, not gets cold, just freezes. And uh, so you can bring them out. I would say bring that out towards the end of March, pot it up, and give it some good light and water like your normal care for it. And then come May, you can put it outside as long as we're not having any night frost. Colocasias don't really like anything below 50 So, you know, you might have to wait a while or bring it in every night. As far as the geraniums, (laughs) I'm sorry, go buy new ones. Um, I know know it's kind of a matter of pride for people to do that. Uh, You can bring the geranium out. Actually, you could keep the geranium out pretty much every year, all year round, in a pot, in a cool spot, cut it back. And keep it watered. Don't let it dry out, but, you know, keep it watered. Now, they're a little fleshier, which is why you're usually able to regenerate them. And, you know, just keep it in a cool basement window, for example. Water it. Uh, Don't let it get too leggy. You know, you can keep cutting it, but as long as you've got green growth coming out, you'll be fine. But I wouldn't take it out of the pot or anything. I would actually leave it in the pot and winter it over that way and just keep it water occasionally. I did take it out of the pot. I just wanted to try it because I've never done it. So I have one lone geranium that's in a box. It's, Will that it's, come back? Depending on how big or how small it was, if it's on the bigger size, it should survive. But, you know, if it's smaller, it may not uh, have enough moisture inside the plant to help it winter over. And when should I pot that up then? You know what? You could, you, you could pot that up. In another couple of weeks, you know, May first or May first, I wish, March first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then what and, about the elephant ears? And the elephant ears, I would pot that up probably closer to the end of March. Is here again to keep checking it to make sure it, if it's putting out growth. If you see leaves coming out, then you should pot it up now. Okay. All right. Thank you fine. so very much. I wish we could hear you every week. All right, Michelle, thank you for the call. Listen, 
Phones keep uh, filling up, so we have a couple of lines available now. If you have a question for Denise, Mrs. Know-It-All pinch hitting today for Doug, who is on vacation in Costa Rica. He'll be back with us a week from today. Uh, give us a call, 866-391-1020. All right, so get those gardening questions for Denise Schreiber, Mrs. Know-It-All, pinch hitting today for the vacationing Doug Oster. And if they want to call us and join us, it's 866-391-1020. But if you're the 10th caller right now at 412-922-1020, you have that chance to take home a $25 gift certificate from the folks at the farm, Janoski's Farm, Route 30 in Clinton, Pennsylvania. Right back to the phones we go for Denise, and it's uh, Greg in the North Hills. Greg, you're on KDK. How are you? Hi, Greg. I'm well. Denise, it's, it's Chuckles. Chuckles. So, yeah, this, this is Greg Polanski. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Denise, I've got a Princess Holly that the deer started to nibble, and uh, they're trying to make it look like an arborvita that they've hacked. Oh. Uh, any suggestions for, for pruning it to, to try to get some shape back to it? Well, the deer are going to keep pruning it for you. So what you want to do, actually, is start using a repellent on it. I... I I like to tell people to switch off on the repellents. You know, use something like Liquid Fence and then go to something like Bobex or Plant Skid and do that. Like in this weather, I would do it about every two to three weeks, mainly because the deer are really, really hungry right now. You know, we've got all this ice, we've got all this snow. So I would use that. Once winter's over and they find other things to eat, and I realize the North Hills has as many deer as I do, I would cut off the dead branches that you have, and I would, don't shear it like a hedge or anything like that. Actually take a pair of pruners and, like, reach down into the plant so you can kind of hide those cuts and give it a little more of a natural look. They're not supposed to be shaped into boxes or anything like that. So it'll give it a more natural shape. But come wintertime, I would either wrap it with some burlap to protect it from the deer. I don't know. How big is it, Greg? Well, this is this is an upright holly, and it's uh, at least 10 feet tall. Okay. Well, you could wrap the bottom part um, to do that. And then since it's upright, you know, you can just go in and take out those branches that they've laid bare. But, you know, you could actually wrap the bottom of it with some burlap. You know, obviously, you're not going to be getting up 10 foot, but you don't need to. You know, but I would wrap, like, the bottom six feet if I could, at least five foot. And during the summer, I would still use the protectants because as they wander through your yard, they're still going to stop and eat it. So this way you can give it. Now, there is one uh, called uh, Dragon Lady. And it's an upright holly. It's beautiful. got really dark green leaves and bright red berries. And it has leaves that will absolutely shred your hands. And the deer, the deer walk right past mine. They never touch it. And the birds like to nest in it because nobody will bother them in there either. Okay. Um, another question for you. Uh, how can you find plants that have been at the North Hills Exhibition Garden in North Park? Usually they have a uh, little sign. It was donated by XYZ, uh, you know, Garden Nursery. So I would email the uh, Garden Hotline, Penn State's uh, Master Gardener Hotline, um, 
I don't have that number handy with me, you know, or the email, but they will answer their emails. They go through them a couple times a week, and you can ask them specifically where they got a particular plant. But the okay. master gardeners are the ones that do that. So, uh, you know, just contact, you know, look for Penn State Master Gardener Garden Line, and it will have an email. And if not, you know what, you have my email. You can email me later, and I'll look it up for you. I'll be able to find it. Thank you very much. You have a nice day. Stay warm. You too. Bye-bye. All right, Dan, you're on KDK with Denise Schreiber, Mr. Know-It-All for Doug Oster, the organic gardener. KDK, how are you, Dan? Fantastic. How about yourself, Rob? Good, bud. What's happening in Cleveland today? Oh, a lot of snow around here. I had a, a follow-up question for Mrs. Know-It-All about my pollinator um, flowers. Okay. Uh, okay. I've, I'm I've heading been, up there in a I've couple weeks, actually. Them. I've been spraying them for the deer, but then it seems like the bees don't go after them. Do you have any sprays that uh, the bees don't mind? No. That's the one thing about pollinator gardens. You really can't spray anything on them. Um, okay. You, yeah, you might want to be able to put some, um, take some of the deer netting and just loose, okay. maybe if you can hang it over it rather than putting it right on a plant, like maybe put a few stakes on. That way the pollinators can get in there. And I assume you're talking about like bees and the little wasps and that sort. They they can get into that, whereas if you're uh, getting more butterflies, mm, you really can't do that. They'll get stuck. Okay. And uh, I was going to start a mulberry bush this year. Uh, are those deer resistant, or do I have to spray that too? You know what? Any young tree, you should really spray it um, the trunk at least and some of the leaves. You're not going to get a whole lot of fruit this year anyhow. Uh, I would okay. spray that. Deer, deer are like people. Some like Chinese, some like Italian food. What they, I'm, you know, working in the parks for all these years. What they would devour in North Park, they never touched in South Park. So it's almost kind of like, you know, that particular herd has a particular taste. Now there are plants that deer just don't eat as a rule, but you know, in some areas you can't really tell. They never ate them here. In fact, I have a mulberry tree behind my property that I really wish the deer would eat because the birds eat all the berries, and then I get it all over my deck and laundry and everything else. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You too. All right. Listen, for the first time this hour, we actually have some available phone space. So if you have a question for Denise, you can call us at 866-391-1020. That's 866-391-1020. And you can also send her questions directly. We have a couple of those right now. How can they send you that question, Denise? Uh, they can send it directly to me on uh, at Mrs. Know-It-All on Facebook, and I'll get those questions. And I already have some questions from people that sent them to me for this week because they knew I was going to be on the radio. All right. Give me one one of those questions, then we'll do more after the break. Go ahead. Okay. So Patty asked me, I have an annual flower bed that I grow zinnias and marigolds in every summer. How should I amend the soil and what would you recommend I use? So if you're growing marigolds and zinnias every year, I would, especially if you're growing the old-fashioned zinnias, zinnias, I would bet my bottom dollar that you have powdery mildew 
on them. It happens with the old-fashioned zinnias. I love them. I grow them. But you have to move them out of that area for at least a year because those spores actually fall into the soil winter over. And then as the plant grows, eventually you get the powdery mildew again. I would get a, a soil test uh, every time. I, I get one for my flower beds and my vegetable garden every year. And because while they're not heavy feeders, if you haven't uh, had any really good organic matter in there, you probably want to look and see if maybe you need some calcium in there or if you need some nitrogen in there. So, you know, you can get a Penn State Master Gardener or Penn State um, Soil Test Kit at a lot of the bigger garden centers. Uh, I know Sorgles carries them and... Um, I think Janowski says as well. So, you know, just call up your local garden center or go go in and shop. Go smell what it smells like to be in the green this time of year. That's why I go to garden centers, so I can smell it again. And, you know, see if they get the test kit. The test kit is very self-explanatory. You take, you know, there's like five sheets in there. You only rip the one off for the home garden. That's all you need. All right, listen, we have to take a break. We'll come back, and the phones are filling up quickly, so I don't know if we'll have a chance to get any more of those questions, but again, you can always send her questions directly. But we've got Sam uh, in Plum. We've got Lilani and Apollo and Donna in Beaver all wanting to talk to Denise Schreiber. Mrs. Know-it-all in today for Doug Oster on this edition of The Organic Gardens with Rob Pratt. Rob Pratt Sunday, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDK. Sam in Plum, you're on KDK. Hey, Sam. Yes, good morning, Denise. Uh, good morning, Rob. Good morning. Hey. Can peony plants be revitalized? Yes, they can. Now, what's the problem with your peony? I have peonies on both sides of my driveway. East side, they're belt buckle high, full blossoms. West side, they're like juveniles. They're maybe knee high, maybe get little buds on them, but they don't mature. I put mushroom manure on them last year. I mean, Everything equals sunlight, soil, everything. The ones on the west side have been deteriorating for the last half a dozen years. They're about 70 okay. years old. Okay. I'm thinking that, A, you don't need to do the mushroom in, or in there. You know, it's always good to put some good compost in there. But they may be planted too deep. And there's a couple plants like peonies and clematis that are very particular about the height that they're planted at. So they may be planted just a little too deep, and over the years with you putting manure or mulch on it or whatever, you're kind of smothering what is called a crown. And it, it does look like a little crown right at the base of the root. So uh, that's a plant that you need to plant right at the soil height, the same as it is in the container, or if you planted it bare root, you know, it, it came with directions to tell you how to plant it. You know, so if I were you, I would years. dig it up and replant them a little bit higher. I'm not saying going up, you know, 10 inches, maybe an inch or two, depending on how deep they're planted. And you should see that little crown right at the base of the plant. And it's that should help it bloom. Years. It may not bloom this year because of it being transplanted, but I think it'll be healthier and you'll get better growth. Okay, yeah, they've been there for 70 years. That's why they're deteriorating. You know, then, yeah, then you can dig them up and you can split them. You can actually split them and, you know, replant them again, you know, when they're that old. I tried that with no success. <laughs> My father had a green thumb and I'm killing them. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, you know, you want to make sure they don't have any type of root rot. 
uh, going on if you dig them up and kind of take a look. You know, if you know, get a magnifying glass and kind of look at the base and see what's going on. But my guess is then, since they've been there that long, they definitely need to be split and replanted. Okay, thank you. All right, you're welcome. All right, Sam, I think we have time for one more. Let's go to Donna and Beaver. Maybe two more. Donna, you're on KDKA. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Denise, I have a beautiful Chinese elm tree. It'll be three years old this April. I've been babying it, doing all the drought work this summer. And unfortunately, I was told don't prune that tree until wintertime because uh-huh. it's lopsided. There's a lot of leaves, uh, branches on one side. Well, you know what happened. It's frozen solid, and two major branches have been broken off. So okay. my question to you is, I tried to shake gently the snow off, and I thought I better not do that. So my question is you, do I let it thaw, and as soon as it thaws, cut those damage, and then when can I prune it? Well, actually, as soon as it thaws and you can get in there, that's when you can prune it. You know, now is the time to do that anyhow, you know, uh, any rejuvenative, rejuvenative pruning. So, but let the ice and the snow get off of it, and then you can go out there and cut. Make sure you don't cut into the collar of the tree. You just want to cut just right in front of it. The tree will naturally heal. No need to put any kind of sealer on it at all. Okay, yeah, because it's right down to the trunk. So I'll do the best I can to clean it up without doing any damage, more damage, I should say, to the trunk. Yeah, and if and if you're not comfortable, you know, get some, get a certified arborist to come in and take care of it for you. Yeah, I had Davey out looking at it. They told me it was healthy and don't prune it until winter time. And so I, I missed that opportunity. I was just a bit too late doing it. Have you looked outside? It's still winter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I meant before the snow came. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yep. No, you, well, you can still you. prune it. All right, Donna, thank you for the call. Mrs. Noel, we're out of time. I enjoyed this thoroughly. Well, well I did too. I appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you next week with Doug, okay? Okay, have a good one. There she goes, the incredibly talented Mrs. Know-it-all, Denise Shriver, DougOster.com. Doug will be back one week from today. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.